this evening. This should be our prayer every time we meet the church. It should be our prayer. If not in these words, at least in this attitude, every time we open our Bibles. 326. Many of them 
are shallow and they emphasize the fact that uh, the singer wants to praise God but not saying so much why this song following the pattern of many of the older hymns and spiritual songs it emphasizes first of all why why God is worthy of praise and then the chorus or the refrain is re response to that rejoicing I will praise him and even in the refrain and the chorus it tells why again for the, the lamb praise the lamb for sinners slain so think about these lyrics as you sing verses 1 2 4 and 5 of 464 I will praise him Two fifty six. Two hundred fifty six. Two fifty six. It is well with my soul. 
<clears throat> Let's sing verses 1, 3, and 4. Verses 1, 3, and 4. <clears throat> always a um, 
an honor and a privilege when I get to uh, stand behind the pulpit and be able to teach God's Word. And um, last month, the uh, pastor was doing uh, lessons out of Psalm 119. And when he did that, I was like, guess what I'm teaching in prison? Psalm 119. But Psalm 119 is, um, you know, often, I, I remember, in fact, in our men's group, right, we only do uh, two chapters a day, but at the same time, when we're coming up upon Psalm 119, it's like, hey guys, Psalm 119, <coughs> so you either start taking bits and pieces out of it, or you try to attack it all at once, or whatever it is, but, um, you know, one of the things that I've been... Um, touching on in prison it's not so much the pastor talked about the when he covered Psalm 119 he talked about the uh, the character of God the attributes of God and um, that was something that's like oh you're right but I was never look I never saw that um, when I read through Psalm 119 that wasn't my focus one thing that did stick out to me of course we all know that um, Psalm 119 is a uh, acrostic, and when I first heard the word acrostic, it was like, what is an acrostic? Okay, and it's like, okay, so if we were to read the Hebrew, basically every verse, every section of eight verses would be that particular letter. It would start off with that letter. I was like, okay, so it goes, and the Hebrew alphabet only has 22 letters as opposed to the English alphabet, which has 26. But as I thought about that, I said, you know, that's something there, because basically, God is a God of order. Like we see in Numbers, it's full of lists, it's full of, um, you know, uh, the dimensions of the temple, we see that in Leviticus and all of this, and it's like, God is a God of order, and one of the challenges that I personally have is the fact that sometimes, I shouldn't say sometimes, a lot of times I think I have a, a better solution, a better plan, a better answer. But as a Christian, I learned a long time ago that uh, you know, God's plan is always the best plan. And uh, don't try to modify it, don't try to change it, just do exactly as it says. The problem is that I live in the flesh, and guess what? I still struggle with that. So, and then the another thing that came to mind as I was reading through this psalm, you know, we don't know who the author is, but at the same time, I can definitely say that the author of this psalm definitely suffered some serious uh, difficulties in his life. If we look at, uh, he, he talks about slander, he was taunted, Persecution is another one. He was afflicted. But ultimately, throughout this psalm, the thing that I get from it is that God's word is all sufficient. God's word is all sufficient. And one of the things that I told, I, I asked the guys in prison when I first started doing Psalm 119, I asked them the question. I said, do you think God would waste our time? God want to waste our time? And the guy says, no. And, you know, sadly, like I said today, as far as blessings were concerned, in the last two weeks, I've learned that three guys um, in prison 
are actually reading through the entire Bible, cover to cover. The guy that I spoke to today, he's read through the Bible five times. Um, and uh, he accepted Christ, he said, three years ago. But it wasn't until the last uh, 2022 that he actually started reading through the Bible. So last year, he read through the Bible five times. This is the sixth time through the Bible. It's like, oh, praise the Lord. It kind of sounds like me when I first got saved. I, don't, I, I must have read through the Bible at least four or five times the first year I got saved. But it was encouraging. It was encouraging. So when I asked the guys, you think that God would waste your time? He says, no. I said, so out of curiosity, how many of you guys have read through the Bible from cover to cover? And the answer is always only one or two guys in class. You know, how about we get a good turnout? I get anywhere between, depending upon the seats in the class, I get anywhere between 15 to 20 guys in the classroom. That's a, that's a full class. And I may get two guys, they'll say, I, I read through the Bible entirely. And I'll ask the question, I says, well, how many of you guys are reading the Bible on a regular basis, whether it be every day, once a week, once a month. I consider that regular. I'm being very uh, liberal as far as what I consider reading the Bible. And, um, you know, most of the guys would write, raise their hand. So I said, for those of you guys that have not read through the entire Bible, what are you guys reading? So some guys will say Psalms, some guys will say Proverbs, and a lot of those guys will say the New Testament. So I'll ask them, why the New Testament? I said, well, because it's the new part. <laughs> I said, what do you mean the new part? They'll say, oh, that's the part that talks about Jesus. I said, you're right. But you know what? Jesus is spoken of all the way back in Genesis. That's right. All throughout the Bible, Jesus is there. Yeah. And I said, unless you read the Old Testament, you don't, get a pre you don't get an appreciation for the prophecies that are fulfilled in the New Testament. But I said, more I said, more importantly than that, I said, if God does not waste your time, how many books are in the Bible? And a lot of guys know 66. I said, how many books are in the New Testament? 20-something? Uh, and they know that 30-something is in the Old Testament. So I'll pick up my Bible. And I'll say, guys, look, this is the Old Testament. This is the New Testament. One-third of the Bible is composed of the New Testament. Two-thirds, the majority of the Bible is the Old Testament. So if God doesn't, waste our doesn't want to waste our time, and two-thirds of the Bible is the Old Testament, uh, it's there for a reason. I said, now we get to Psalm 119. Psalm 119, the longest chapter in the entire Bible, consisting of 176 word uh, verses. I said, obviously, it must be important, Right? It certainly must be important. And as I read through the psalm, what I get from this, every time I read through I shouldn't say every time, a lot of times when I read through it, I see the importance of God's Word. Yes. Throughout the psalm, it, it, God uses, the Holy Spirit uses different words to refer to God's Word. The Word, precepts, commandments, laws, testimonies, statutes, judgments. There's like eight different of terms that can refer to God's word. And I said, think about this. When you're reading, what, how, you know, one of the things that guys always uh, depend on, I shouldn't say depend on, but do a lot in, in uh, especially at Halaba, prayer requests. Prayer requests are important. 
for these guys, right? Because they got so much, so many things going on. Not that none of us have a whole lot of things going on, but these prayer requests. And I, said, I'll tell the guys. I says, you know, does God answer prayers? And they, they go, yeah, absolutely. I said, well, how does God answer prayers? He says, well, you know, I get my prayer answered, whatever it may be, whatever they're asking for, right? I said, have you ever thought that perhaps one of the ways that God answers prayers is through His Word? And if you're not reading His Word on a daily basis, God is trying to go, hey, Hugh, how you doing down there? I need to talk to you. But then you never open the Bible. So how is he going to communicate to you? I said, it's important that you're in God's Word. And Psalm 119, the longest chapter in, in, in the Bible, is obviously trying to tell us something. And so let's turn to Psalm 119. I'm just going to concentrate on the first eight verses here. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. They also do no inequity. They walk in his ways. Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Oh, that my ways were directed to keep thy statutes. Then shall I not be ashamed when I have respect unto all thy commandments. I will praise thee with uprightness of heart. When I shall have learned thy righteous judgments, I will keep thy statutes. Oh, forsake me not utterly. Notice, in these eight verses, verse 1 mentions law. Verse number 2, he mentions testimony. Verse number 4, he mentions precepts. Verse number 5, statutes. Verse number 6, commandments. Verse number 7, judgments. Verse number 8, statutes again. In just these eight verses, he refers back to his word. But he starts off with this, Blessed are the undefiled in the way. Who walk in the law of the Lord. Verse number two. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with the whole heart. And as I was preparing for halava, one of the things that caught my attention was the word blessed. You know, in modern society, we think of blessed as receiving something good, something material, something worked out in our life, right? But in the Hebrew word for blessed basically means happy. Somebody that's happy. Yeah, they're happy because they receive some material, whatever it may be. So they think of it as blessed, but the actual word means happy. And when I thought about it, I said, wait a minute. I remember. Go, go to Psalm chapter 1. The book of Psalms starts off with the word blessed. And look at what the author says there in Psalm chapter 1, verses... 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. Verse number 2. But his delight is in what? The law of the Lord. And in his law, what does he do? Meditate day and night. The book of Psalms starts off with the blessed man. That blessed man, because of the fact that he's focused upon God's word, he's meditating upon God's word. So what happens? He's a happy man. And because he knows God's word, what is he doing? He's staying away from the things that he's not supposed to be doing. Like, not hanging out with sinners. 
right? And then we go back to Psalm 119, and he says, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Undefiled in the way. In other words, they're not hanging out with the sinners. They're not doing the things that they're not supposed to be doing. Why? Because they're meditating upon God's word day and night. Verse number two, blessed are they that keep his testimonies and that seek him with what? The whole heart. You know, one of the, 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 the things that I stress with the guys is this. I said, God doesn't want your words. Okay? What he wants is he wants your heart. That's all he wants. Because if God can get your heart, then what happens is that he can change you. He can mold you. He can shape you into whatever it is. But you need to be willing to give him your heart. You need to be willing to submit. You need to be willing to submit to authority. And, what, and, I, and I told the guys, I said, guys, that's exactly why we're here. We have a problem with authority. We have a problem with submitting to authority. We think that we're, we're, we're the own, our own rulers. We're our own judge. And that's the reason why we're here. So the psalmist here, the author of this psalm, is stressing to us, hey, guess what? You want to live a blessed life? You want to live a happy life? You want to live a fulfilling life? You want to live a satisfied life? How about this? How about obeying my word? How about living by it? How about allowing God's word to saturate us, to change us, to mold us, to shape us? Because those are things that God can do. God's word can do, right? You know, turn to the book of Colossians, Colossians chapter 3. Verse number 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. You know, one of the, the I guess, the challenges that I have getting across to guys is this. I said, God cannot change you. He cannot shape you. He cannot mold you unless you're allowing him to do that. But more importantly than that, one of the ways in which God can change you is by the washing of the word, is by being immersed in his word on a daily basis, just saturating yourself with his word. Because, you know, one of the things that, I remember Tom first told me this many, many years ago. He said, Hugh, you can only focus on one thing at a time. We were driving out to Wyava. I was taking them out to Wyava that night. And we were having a conversation. I love talking to Miss, to Tom. And he says, Hugh, you can only focus on one thing at a time. I said, what do you mean? I said, I multitask all the time. And he looked at me and he says, and how's that going? <laughs> I said, and just so happened that particular day, I started off the day with, I don't know, I think it was like five file, five files that I had, five folders, five clients that I was working on, right? And I had it um, from most important to, I mean, I had it prioritized there, right? When I left my office that day, I think I ended up with like nine files 
on my desk. The five files that were on my desk to start with, they were buried down at the bottom. I never got to them. How well did that multitask go that day? Not very well. But the point that he was trying to make was this. He says, Hugh. He said, no. The reason why I said you can only focus on one thing at a time is this. He said, if you are tempted to sin, but what you do is you're, you begin to start repeating a verse. Just keep repeating that verse. What will happen is that eventually the thought of doing something that you're not supposed to be doing or doing something, something else, your focus will be upon God's word. And I thought about that. And I thought about that for like a week, I think it was. And I, I encountered a situation where this was, this was way back in my, my days of just gorging on ice cream. And some of you guys remember those days when I used to teach Sunday school. I used to be limping around church. And I remember Janine used to tell me, Oh, Hugh, you must have had some ice cream this weekend, yeah? <laughs> so anyway, it was Friday night. So I talked to Tom on Thursday, on Friday. That gallon of ice cream was just calling my name. Just call me my name. And then I started repeating, my body is the temple of God. My body is the temple of God. My body is the temple. I, I probably did this for like about five minutes. And when I got done, the thought of eating ice cream wasn't even there. I went like, huh, maybe this works. And I can, I can say, from experience that it does it does you know so getting back to this basically is that why is God's word so important well if you want to be a better Christian if you want to know the mind of God why not find out and where is that exposed where is that it's in his word it's done through his word it's it's like you know I tell the guys I says hey you know let's say for instance you have never ever played football in your entire life and you want to learn the game of football I said how would you learn go, oh somebody will teach me I said well how do you know that the person teaching you is teaching you the right is teaching you the right rules like I said I, I remember I was watching this, this this movie a long time ago this was way before I got saved and I don't even remember what the title of the movie was <clears throat> but there was there were two kids. There was a, I, in fact, it was a tomboy and a boy, right? And she was trying to teach, this tomboy was trying to teach the boy how to play basketball. And so she was telling him that a shot, a regular shot, was worth two points. And then so he was able to do it. And he says, okay, I got two. And she says, no. That's not two points. What you have to do is you have to do it from the, the certain line. So she took him be, uh, to the foul line. And she said, you have to shoot from here. And then you get two points. And he did it. He got two. He said, oh, I got two points. She said, no. I didn't mean there. I meant this. So she, would, she took him to the top of the key. And he shot again. And he made the, he made the, um, the basket. And she says, I got two. And at that point, I was like, man. 
That is exactly what is going on with many Christians. Is that they have no idea what God's word says. They take it for granted that because someone is, say, behind a pulpit, they must know what they're talking about. I know when I first got saved, I know one of the things that I used to think was this. If the person that was teaching class that day could recite scripture, that person must know the Bible really well. That person, but that is somebody that I respect. That is somebody that I need to listen to. But as I matured, as I got to know God's word, what I found was that, yeah, they memorize scripture. And then when I, when I read the scripture that they're quoting and I listen to what they're talking about, I was like, that has nothing to do with what, what, what God's word says. So the point is this. If we're not in God's word, if we're not feeding ourselves personally, if we're not... We're not taking responsibility for our own growth. Guess what? Satan will do whatever he can to try to, to stumble, to try to trick us, to try to deceive us, to try to trip us up. And it is important. So he talks about here, Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the word. Blessed are they that keep his testimonies and they seek him with the whole heart. And then he says this in verse number four, Thou hast commanded us to keep thy precepts diligently. Guess what? Didn't Jesus say, if you love me, obey my commandments? Uh, what does that mean? If you love me, obey my word. And this is this, the, the, the sad thing about this, about obeying, my word, obeying his word, is that if you don't know God's word, how are you going to obey it? You know, one of the... I haven't done this in a while, but you know... Pre-COVID, when we actually used to get into discussions when we were knocking on doors and stuff like that, right? I don't know how many times we come across, and one of the things, one of the questions I would ask is that, you know, if something should happen to you today, if you die today, do you know with 100% certainty that you go to heaven? And people would say, uh, yeah, I think so. And I said, what makes you think so? And they would say, oh, because I'm, I obey his commandments. So every once in a while, you know, I got a, I, I'll ask, oh, what commandments are you talking about? Are you talking about the Ten Commandments and Moses gave? And they go, yeah, those commandments. I said, oh, so what are those commandments? Can you give me two of them? Oh, I, I should start off with, can you give me three of them? But then I started, oh, they couldn't even do that. Can you give me two of them, right? And they struggled with that. I said, so I, I would ask them the question. I said, if you don't know what the commandments are, how can you obey them? And sadly, that's, that's what a lot of Christians do. You know, we got Christians today. I mean, I hear pastors, right? When we were into the social justice, the, the Black Lives Matter and all these things. And I'm like, that's not what the Bible is talking about. You know, it's like, where are you getting your doctrine from, right? And here's the sad truth. The sad thing is that what are the sheep doing? They're following the shepherd. If the shepherd has gone astray, if the shepherd is, is, is on the wrong path, he's also leading the, the sheep astray. But I, 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 yeah, I put responsibility upon the, the pastor. But more importantly is this, is that in this day and age, 
Each and every one of us needs to take responsibility for our own actions. And this happened way before the social justice stuff. Because nobody today, I should say nobody, a lot of people today are not willing to take responsibility for their own actions. I see that firsthand now that I'm a chaplain in the Hawaii state prison system. Now that I'm under this government entity, I see that going on. It's like, why are we doing this? It's like, oh, because that's the way it's done. I said, you know, it's like every Monday at Halaba, 99% chance that we are closed because we are short-staffed. I've been in the prison now for almost a year. Now, one year time, we've opened on Monday one time. One time. Okay? And, you know, the, the challenge for me is this. I come from the private sector. If there's a problem, guess what? You fix it. But not, not with government. And sadly, that's what happens with Christians that are not in God's word. They are not searching the scriptures. They're not doing what the Bereans did. You know, they hear a message from the pulpit, but nobody is going back and comparing to see whether that, that is true. They're just, that's their Bible for the day, for the week, right? They're getting their scriptures from whatever is coming from the, from the pulpit. And that's not the way it should be. That's the reason why we have a psalm like Psalm 119, 176 verses where a lot of those verses, most of those verses, are talking about God's word. In these first eight verses, seven times, he's referring back to God's word. And then he look at, look at verse number nine there. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way by taking heed thereto according to thy word? It's like he's asking, how can a young person walk a good walk? How can a young person have a good um, Christian walk? How can a young person stay away from evil? By taking heed according to your word. That's the key. You know, I remember when, uh, what was it? The end of 20... When did the COVID vaccine come out? 2020, yeah? The December of 2020. Okay, so it was the end of 2021. Where they were pushing the vaccines, right? Encouraging. I should say encouraging. They were basically forcing people to, to take the vaccine, right? And I was thinking, and they were claiming that it, 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 get, um, it prevents you from getting the, the virus, and then it prevents you from passing it on. I was, and I thought, wait a minute. If it prevents me from getting the virus, then it shouldn't have to prevent me from passing it on. Because if I take the vaccine, I should never get the virus. But anyway, neither here nor there, right? So they're talking about the vaccine. And then I come across this verse here. Verses 10 and 11. With my whole heart have I sought thee. Oh, let me not wander from thy commandments. Verse number 11. Thy word have I hid in, hid in my heart, that I might not sin against thee. I was thinking, wow! Talk about a great vaccine to prevent, uh, to protect our heart. God's word. This is these two verses here speak about 
what the solution is, turn to Jeremiah. Jeremiah 17. You guys all know where I'm going with this. Jeremiah 17. The heart is desperately wicked. The heart is deceitful. I'm sorry. The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? Hey. One of the things that we can do, what God says that we can do, God says that we can protect our hearts. How? By being in His Word. By allowing His Word to protect us. By allowing His Word to change us. By allowing His Word to begin to um, cleanse us from the inside out. You know, one of the things that, prior to me getting saved, what was important was outward appearance. You know, looking good, having the right clothes, the right shoes, so on and so forth, right? But yet, if the heart is not right, whatever's going on on the outside doesn't change what's going on on the inside. We cannot cover that up. And so God says, you know, He gives us the answer. He asks the question in, in Psalm 119, verse number 9, Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? He gives us the answer, verse number 11. Thy word have I hidden thy heart, that I might not sin against thee. You know, it's important for us to be focusing on God's word. And, you know, I, I'm not saying anything that you all don't know. You know, I'm talking to the saints. I'm talking to old-timers. I'm talking to people who are doing the things that um, God wants us to do. But every once in a while, Sometimes we need reminders. We need encouragement. And we, we need to be re reminded of why we do this. You know, one of the things, I should say one of the things, I kept saying one of the things. Another thing that happens is this, is that we've seen it over the last three years, is what is truth? What is truth? Right? President Trump talked about... Um, What's the term that he used? Um, fake, news. fake news, right? Fake news. And sadly, the only thing that any of us can be 100% sure of is God's Word. And one of the things that I, I tell the guys is this. I said, it doesn't matter. Oh, I, said, I should say it doesn't matter. I said, whatever you hear on TV, whatever you read in newspapers, Whatever somebody tells you, if it doesn't conform to God's word, then it's not true. It is Satan trying to do, get people, get you to do the wrong things. I said, this is the only thing that we can depend on, right? John 17, 17, what's true? Thy word is true. It is God's word. That's the only thing that's true. So if it is the only thing that's true, why is it that we as Christians, or I should say we, but Christians as in general, why are not more Christians getting into God's Word? Oh, because I don't have time. You have time to eat breakfast this morning? You have time to eat dinner this, tonight? <coughs> right? Make time. I'll end with this. Many years ago, I used to work with this um, realtor, really 
she was like, you know, when you talk about the top 1% of realtors, she was in that top 1% in the state of Hawaii. I mean, this gal was, she was really good. She was a strong advocate for her clients. Anybody that got in the way between her client and the finish line, she was like a mama bear. She was unrelenting. I love working with her. The problem was she loved to talk. If, I, if she got me on a phone call, there was no way, no way that that conversation would be less than 15, 20 minutes. Minimum, minimum. There were many a times where that conversation would be an hour long. And I was going through a stretch where I was like so busy, I was just totally inundated. So I'd see, and thankfully because of technology, we had caller ID, right? I see her name pop up, it's like, Argh. I just let it ring, 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 ring. This went on for about a week. Well, not even a week, it was probably about three, four days. So what does she do? She calls the office. She doesn't call my cell phone, she calls the office. And one of the guys in the office, hey Hugh, we got a call. Like, who is calling me on the office phone? This is you. You, as soon as she said that, I was like, oh my goodness. She said, You've been avoiding me. <laughs> and frankly, I couldn't I, I didn't have an answer. I said, Ruth, I've been really busy. I, I am so sorry. And she says, No, Hugh, you're not sorry. I said, I am. I truly am. You know that I have not picked up on your calls. And she says, no, Hugh, you're just telling me that I'm not important. When I heard this, I was like, I don't have anything to say to this. Because think about this. We, and this is, and she ended the conversation with, like, with this. She says, Hugh, we make time for those things that are important in our life. And obviously, I am not important in your life. Click. <laughs> and I thought about that. It's like, we make time, we will make time for those things that are important. So, if we're not making time for God's word, what are we telling God? You're not important. We need to make time for God's word. We need to make time for God. We need to show God through our actions that we do love Him and we want to obey Him. And one of the ways in which to do it is to be in His word. All right, let's pray. Father, we thank you once again for this day. And Lord, we are truly grateful for your word. And I pray, Father, that, you know, I'm talking to saints here, nothing new. Not, no new revelation. Just a reminder, Father, the fact that we do have your word. It is available to each and every one of us. And I pray, Lord, that we would take to heart the importance of your word. I know that every uh, everyone here is taking time to be in your word. And I pray, Father, that your Holy Spirit would continue to um, reveal, to continue to teach, continue to encourage us, Father, the importance of why we're in your word. But more importantly, the importance of us 
being servants, servants of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. What a servant does is they serve your Lord, our Lord. And I pray, Lord, that uh, that will be the focus of our life, trying to please you as best as we can. So, Father, I pray that you would continue to encourage the saints, Lord. I pray that uh, you would uh, just um, lift, lift us up and uh, continue, Father, to uh, keep us safe. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.